It is <laughs> so fascinating to me that a plus three is talking about and how a 10 and a five. And welcome back. Welcome aboard another part train. I'm one of your co-hosts, Evan Singer. I got my partner in crime, our other co-host, Matt Cermak with me. What's up, Ev? Good to be back. Good to see you, my friend. Feels like a little bit of a long time since we've got on here. We did a lot a few weeks ago and we (laughs) had some saved up and we've had some stuff going on. So we haven't actually recorded together in a little while. So good to see you as always. Guys, in case you're new, welcome aboard. Or if this is your 200th plus ride, welcome aboard as well. If your golf game's off the rails, if you're sick of riding that struggle bus, you come to the right place. We help frustrated golfers enjoy the ride again, because if you can learn to smile through bad golf, you can smile through anything, okay? We unpack the mental game with PJ Torpos, best-selling author, sports psychologist, golfers like you and me and more to make the hardest game in the world feel easy and help you finally get back on track. This episode of The Par Train, like every episode, is presented by our friends at Roback Activewear. Serm's wearing it. Right now, it's the best. Uh, the long sleeve performance tee is, is my, not is talked my, about enough. Is my go-to. That's your I mean, top it, thing, I think. I mean, we're moving on Wednesday. We're packing today. I got the shorts on too, the new gym mm. shorts, which yep. are incredible. Got the lining too. So I'm really going kind of, you know, sports athletic. Comf- I haven't tried the ones comfy. with the lining. Yeah, they're great. They're good. They're great. I've worked out in them too. Love yeah. it. So long sleeve tee, though, like you said, maybe the most underrated underrated item. And I always go size up. I don't know about you, Ed, but I always go size up. Super comfortable. Yeah, I will say, guys, we all we usually talk about the polos, obviously, as a golf podcast and hoodie for everyday wear. But the performance tees, the workout tees are really great. So check out their full catalog. They got women's stuff now. I mean, if you're thinking about giving yourself new stuff for the golf season, as well as workouts, errands around town. Roback.com is the place to go. So Roback.com, enter the code yep. train, get 15% off. If the code doesn't apply, it should auto apply in your cart. You can go to our bio on Twitter or TikTok because our Instagram is still down right now. Stay tuned. We're doing everything we can to get it back. Tap the link to get 15% off your Roback order and it'll auto apply in your cart. All right. This episode, I'm very excited for, Serm, because I think chipping away is some of our favorite conversations because they're totally unscripted. We dive deep on single topic. And this was kind of an unplanned topic. It just kind of exposed itself as we were shooting video. Brand new series called Swing Thoughts. It's coming to YouTube and our social medias very soon. It might already be out by the time you've heard this, our first episode. And basically what we do, sir, let me give them a little bit of context and then how we got to this concept for the podcast. Essentially, the idea was, let's go up to a random golfer on a tee box. And let's challenge them to shoot a score. So for most golfers, we're going to challenge them to shoot par, right? 15 handicap and below, we're going to challenge them to make a par. If they make a par, we give them 20 bucks out of our own pocket. If they make birdie, we'll double it. We'll give them 40. Okay. Now, the reason we do this is because you got to put a little bit of pressure on for the mental game to kind of show its impact, right? Now, the only agreement, the only thing that the golfer has to do for us is tell us everything that's in their head throughout the whole hole. So we filmed seven episodes of this in Phoenix with our friends at True Links in the event in Scottsdale. And as we were filming this, what I really loved about it, Serm, was we did the same hole four times in a row. And it just kind of ended up this way. We didn't plan for this, but we got, keep me honest on this, we got a plus three handicap, a one handicap, who was might have been even better. I thought that yeah, was even like good too high for him. Good number um, guest handicap right there. Yeah, but right for sure. But the okay. guy was a stick. But call it what it was. Plus three, one. Plus three, one, five and a ten. So yep. we got a great spectrum. They played the same hole from the same tee four times in a row. And Serm and I just couldn't believe the stark differences of these four handicaps. And it wasn't necessarily how they hit the ball. There's very stark differences on what they pay attention to, their approach, the way they think about things, their mental game, everything was different. And so Cermak and I were like, okay, we don't want to spoil the video series, but there's enough takeaways from this afternoon in Arizona that I think is really eye-opening. So the point of this chipping away is the shocking difference between a 10 handicap and a scratch and below. 
yeah, it was super cool. I mean, we kind of called ourselves a caddy, but we were really a caddy there to ask questions. Yeah. You know, it started on the tee box with, all right, what do we, what do you see here? What club you thinking? You know, what shot do you want to hit? What's your strategy? This was a skins game portion too, for these players. They had played 18 holes in the morning. So this was another 18 in the afternoon. So yep. they played this hole today too, which I thought was good. So different tee box though. Different tee box. Yeah. There was a couple, it was actually a little bit up. I think about 10 or 10 or 12 yards up. And that did make a difference. Plus a, you know, different time of the day. So yeah, no, it was, it was really cool. And I think we knew we'd get some learnings out of it, but I think we got a little lucky with seeing the different handicaps. Yep. Um, it was very revealing. And um, there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of, lot to take from this. And I think if you look at those really good players, you know, the plus three and we'll call them the one, I mean, they were just one more conservative from a club selection choice off the tee mm -hmm. and also just, you know, way more into strategy or yep. the other two and five, a handicap and a 10 handicap are good players in their own right. or much more aggressive talking a little bit about their swing, um, mm -hmm. their mechanics and, um, didn't really, you know, have much to say from like assessing the shots. And we saw very different results from, <laughs> yeah, at least on the tee shots. But it did get interesting on the second shot and even the putting. And for the listeners, this is like a really, it's a 345 yard hole, but bunker. I think right. it might've been 304 actually. Could, it was it that short. Yeah. I think it was 304. That's being the next thing I was going to do is let me paint the picture of this hole for yeah. everybody. Okay. And the video, obviously you'll see it. So tune into our YouTube channel. If you guys aren't hopped aboard yet. I filmed a little bit of the um, the little map and the cart too to give okay, you an nice. overhead view. So here's what here's what it is. These tees are playing 304. Let's just say bunkers all along the right side. Actually, quite visually intimidating too because it looks as if you can't like the bunkers almost look like they go almost all the way up to the green, even though there's probably like an 80 yard landing area. Once mm -hmm. you get over the bunkers. Now, the tricky part is you have to take it directly over the bunkers, if not the right side of those bunkers, because if you're playing a draw or you pull it a little bit and you go over the left side of the bunkers, everything in the fairway slopes hard right to left and there's water left. Okay. Right. And then to make it even more fun, I'm glad we picked this hole too. Yeah. We played in the morning. We were scouting which hole would be the best for this concept for swing thoughts. The green is elevated. And the pin was in the front and the second shot right is over water, especially if you're in the, if you hit the good, if you're on the, the left in side, the fairway. if you're yeah. in the fairway and you hit that, you know, you're, you're going over the water on your side. Yeah. Shot. There's a little bit of water in your peripheral yeah. on the left side. So a lot to take in there. Right. Yeah. And a lot to commit to. Now you walk on the tee box and you see 304 yards. You might be thinking birdie hole, but I think pretty quickly we realize it might not be. And I think Keith, taught us something very important towards the end of his swing thought video where we won't spoil the result of if he shoots par or below, but he said something very interesting. I'll get to that in a second, but first I just want to talk about the approach off the tee. Let's start with the tee shots. I'm thinking maybe we go shot by shot instead of player by player. And we explore the gambit of the handicaps with each shot. Maybe that's the best way to do it for the listener. So let's just talk about the 10 for a second. Let's talk to the, the person that most of our listeners maybe can relate to. Okay. Sure. 10 handicap, 304 yards off the tee, water left. He didn't even hesitate. He said, now there's something to this too. I'm playing in a skins game. Right. So they were playing, like Serm said, a concurrent skin game. We were adding on to that. They, they did not have to buy into this. That's this was just the potential of, you know, free, free money that they earn. But they're not in the hole if they don't. And I think that's big that, yeah. about what you're getting at here. So you're in a skins game. So the object of the skins game, obviously, on a 304 yard hold with 100 players, you're thinking there's going to be a birdie on that hole. Right. So this guy's thinking 10 handicap, I need to make something happen. Now on the flip side, he gets 20 bucks if he pars, 40 if he birdies. He didn't hesitate. He pulled driver and where'd he hit it? Water. In the water. <laughs> so 
I mean, how do you feel? Actually, let's unpack this for a second, sir, because our buddy Ryan, I've always been amazed. He He's more likely to choose a shot that he will be penalized if he doesn't execute it. But he just feels like it calls for a certain shot. He has to execute it. If he doesn't, he's going to get penalized. He'll take it. However, in other areas and other players like you, and a lot of PGA Tour pros and Corn Fairy guys we've had on the show and LPGA ladies, a lot of times those players, they like to take things out of play, right? So my example here is if Ryan saw, our buddy Ryan saw water left and he thinks, okay, well, I, this hole calls for a cut, right? Or a draw over the bunkers, maybe. Whatever he feels like it calls for. He could potentially still play that shot. And if it goes in the water, it goes in the water. Whereas yeah. I think what we saw from the other hand, the lower handicaps is they want to be able to rip at something and know that even if they don't catch it right, they're going to be in play. Yeah. Here's how I would look at it. Ev. I mean, this hole is one of the tougher, shorter holes I've seen in a while. I don't really think this hole presented options. Interesting. Where I think we see others play other short holes left. It's 305 yards, but there's no water, right? So I can take a driver over the trees and try to get it up near the green. Risky shot, but, you know, or I take a, a five iron and just hit it out to, you know, 105, 110. Hitting a driver on this hole, Ev, was just like so dumb. Like, and I'm not saying that to demean the guys that like them as people, but like, where are you going? The only way, the only line you have with the driver is to go over bunkers to a landing zone. You can't even see. And by the <laughs> way, it gets so, more narrow right. the so, farther you hit it. So take it, you know, a, a really good player, a scratch player, a plus player, not going to do that unless you're in a scramble. Right. And you right. already have something in play. You're right. playing your individual ball for a skin. It's just like, it's just like incredibly risky. Could it be done? Sure. But it's like, you know, there's just maybe one in 50, one in 20. If you're really good. Yeah. You know, but then you're going to have to rely on the bounce too, because the fairway was slow. So I, I want to make this point clear. Like we, you love those risk reward holes that are short. You're like, okay, if I hit a driver, you know, let's see what happens. But if I don't hit it well, maybe I'm in the trees. You right, part I can still make. This was like, boy, you're putting double into play right away, and they Easily. didn't even, and they didn't even hesitate. You know, the ten handicap didn't even hesitate. You know, with his driver, and I think it's uh, it, it's telling. And and our job wasn't there to call him off. We just wanted to get the hope. This was why it was so great. What is your instinctual feelings here? And I think what you were kind of mentioning too. All right, it's a skins game. Why not go for it? You know, why why not go for right. it? And it's people like, say. I didn't pay to lay up. People right, say that right. all the time. And but then they get pissed when they make a double. <laughs> and there's something to be said about that. But like this shot, like, you know, what could have been interesting Ev, is we could have saw somebody maybe, you know, that would attend handicap focus even more like, whoa, all right, there's money on the line. Let me actually, you know, take a look at this and no. And, um, and even make that bad of a swing. He just pulled it a little bit and no chance. So what are your and thoughts you there? You told me there's when we were playing together, there's many ways to make a birdie. Well, yeah. Right. And, a, and, and a I think for that matter. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a 10 handicap, it's pretty telling that they saw the heroic as a way to make a birdie. The heroic yeah. shot. Well said. Instead of giving themselves a chance at birdie, because guess what? If you go in the water, and your goal is to make a birdie or better for a skins game, bringing water into play means you have to hole out from the fairway 80 yards out to an elevated green with a right. front flag. Is that how you plan on making birdie? Or That's a great point, Evan. <laughs> and you didn't see him get a laser out, shoot yardages, just not thinking about the hole like other players are like, didn't even think about, well, what are my options here? Right. And I also maybe think, Ev, I want to get your take. Maybe him and maybe some players like at his ability don't have a comfortable four iron shot or a hybrid shot to play. Mm -hmm. And it's just like I'm hitting driver. And 
I feel more powerful that way. And let's just see what happens. Right. Thoughts. It's a fair point because, you know, I've been there probably present day that it's not that comfortable to hit a four iron either, but I think it's interesting. And by the way, how many 10 handicaps are hitting at 300? Three hundred right? on a on a yeah on, on a rope, a rope. To, yeah. to a very I mean, like probably I'm not I'm not kidding certainly it was 10 probably a twenty can, yard you know window right up right. to the green right and and it's not like there's room left or right of the green either there was water left to the green <laughs> because if you block it right okay you're not in the water but then you're having you're in the shit, desert a pitch oh yeah oh yeah or let's say you're in the rough and you're coming at a green with water behind <laughs> right so, right so. I just want to call this out. I want to make this very clear. I know we're spending a lot of time on the 10, not to, we're not, again, we're not putting them down. I think this is really eye opening for all of us because there was something that I was like, holy shit, I don't think about this stuff at all. We'll get to that in a second. This was the plus three and the one, but going back to the 10, let's hit this home that I have to make a birdie or give my chance to make a birdie was him equating that to driving a green that. I don't even know if a lot of tour pros could drive the screen. Like, yeah, I mean, you just, you, this is you, just a, not a green that yeah, you can drive. Yeah. And it's uphill to the, 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 you just have to hit it. You have to make a, one of your best swings and then get lucky. Right. That's the other, you have to really get, get a favorable bounce. Right. So he hits in the water. He's kind of out of the hole, but you know, what was interesting? He, he drops it about 75 yards out mm-hmm. and he hit a short iron pretty good to about better than the plus three. 15 to like 20, 25 feet Just off the green. Yeah. So like think about if you maybe chose a different club off the tee, you're clearly good enough based on your right. handicap to hit greens and regulations. Certainly. With right. Short hands. right. But it's like his whole mindset shifted. I think it had to do with, I don't know if it had totally to do with the challenge, but I think it, I think he would have maybe hit that anyways, but it accelerated it. Yeah. Now this might be, one of the most fascinating things that I learned that day is guess who else hit a driver of the four players, the five handicap, the five handicap. Yeah. Who, Both which, went in the water, but he had the same kind of gunslinger attitude. He's like, yeah, yeah. Come on, let's go. Now I think he was, maybe his tone was like, eh, I could hit an iron here. That's in his head, you yeah. know, but that's eh, a skins game. I'm not out on any money. Come on, let's go. And was I, <laughs> was he a lefty? He was a lefty. The five, and he played a who cut. Who plays a cut, and the water's on the left. So that's another sign of that's where your miss is. Plays a big fade, fade spin, tremendous sloping fairway from right to left into the water. Okay, and look, I think a lot of people would die to be a five handicap. Okay, now oh, yeah. this is how fascinating this is. That's a really good player. So is the ten. To your point. Yeah. But here's the thing that I found most fascinating. The 10 and the five did not recognize difficulty when it presented itself. The 10 and the five saw difficulty as easy and easy. The one and the plus three saw what the 10 and the plus five saw as easy. They saw that as difficult. Now, this Maybe. is mind-blowing yeah. to me. Yeah. I mean, well, let's th- talk about it. Do you think the 10 and the 5 thought this was easy or they just didn't take the time to assess to assess the whole and maybe understand that there is some difficulty? So let's go into the approach shot for a second, okay? Because And just to put a bow into the tee shot, the 1 hit a hybrid, which flew a little bit farther, than he yeah. thought because he didn't factor in that they were up a tee box. And it was just drier at the end of the day, too. And to be fair, like we're catching them off guard. We're putting the camera on them. Like that's an element of this, too. Yeah. Right. So he even made a mental error off the tee, but it was with a hybrid. But, but <laughs> right. It, I mean, to yeah. him. That's what he said. He's like, was, if I could do he, it again, he needed I would a half a four club iron. less, maybe. Yeah. 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 The plus three hit a four iron that rolled out a little bit farther, but both were in perfect position on the left side of the fairway because the fairway right? is just hard to hit. So right. They're in. Yeah. Now here's the fascinating part. When they're on this fairway, I did not notice. They both talked about a bit of a downslope. I didn't notice that. Like you'd say, how can you not notice a downslope? 
honestly, to the naked eye, to a seven like me, I didn't like to me, a downslope is like it's way, way big of a downslope. Like I wasn't factoring it in because it was very subtle. Again, sure. subtleties, details. Okay. They both talked about that. Two, the plus three, Keith talked a little bit about downwind. Mm -hmm. I mean, barely. Okay, guys. But it's barely a, any breeze. But a factor when you've got down a factor. A and I wouldn't have noticed it. Over water type hole location. Now, he also made a and good point. Awkward yardage, too. Yeah. So <laughs> this is a, another great point on yardage and club selection. So Keith saw the plus three, a 70, I, th I believe it was about a 75 yard pin. He's made a good point. He said, I bet you a 10 or a 12 handicap would see a 75 yard pin again, front pin, elevated green water, left bunkers, right. And try and hit, see the front of the green yardage. Let's just call it 65 or yeah. 70. They would try and 65. hit the yardage in between 65 and 75, try and hit it 70 yards. He said, that's the wrong strategy. Number one, that's really difficult. Mm -hmm. Again, he's seeing difficulty in a 75 yard shot uphill to a green, where if I'm walking into a 75 yard shot, it's a shot I feel pretty good about. I'm just like, oh, it's a 75 yard shot aim to the right part of the green because of the water and hit my 75 yard shot. He was really thinking about it. He was factoring in the downslope. He was factoring in the, the down breeze. He was factoring in that it was a front pin. So he's got to play at at least 85 because you can't go with the front pin with a wedge when you're coming in kind of flighted from a downhill lie. A hard shot to hit. Right. Downhill lie in with wind helping. It's really hard to play a high, soft shot to a front pin. And that's not the time to play it. So Keith hit it 25 feet past the pin. He said, well, it wasn't my best, but I'm on. I'm fine. And, and that was it. a really difficult shot. The 10 didn't think of it at, of anything at all. He was very much like my mindset was. Whereas it's a 75 yard shot. I've had a million 75 yard shots. You see how the 10 treated that 75 yard shot as every 75 yard shot where Keith, the plus three was picking out the, the smallest subtleties and considering how difficult that shot was when the 10 didn't see difficulty at all. Yeah. You got to look into what a championship mindset and pre-shot routine is versus a 10 handicap mindset and pre-shot routine fascinating right and and basically what we saw with the plus three keith and what we saw with the one I don't say the result whether and what they made on the yeah but because people will have to watch the video jeff it was jeff jeff it was a similar situation so we don't need to belabor that that he what did he call the puke zone oh did yeah it, yeah his puke what, zone 55 to 75 yards he said and that's right because he calls it that because he doesn't like to be this yardage because you can't hit a full shot. You have to be very delicate. Then you throw in the downhill lie, the downwind, the mm -hmm. tight pin. So he was, he was talking, talking and laughing about, well, I didn't want to be in the puke zone, but I am, you know, and I've got a difficult shot. He had a little better angle than Keith. He was more on the right side because he took it over the, over all the bunkers. Yeah. And then it was ended up able to hit it under, under the hole, but same same walkthrough, right? Yeah. You think these, you know, short irons are just like you said, routine for these guys, but they really understand it's just all risk assessment. Right. It's all risk assessment. Keith's but I think like, it's awareness too. You know, and like and attention to detail. Where do I need to be? You know, if, if, if I don't have my best shot for Keith, yeah. that was a little long. You know, it's kind of back center of the green. Now, before we keep going and break down the rest, real quick, you got your Olakai shoes. Yeah. You're wearing them when we played in Chicago. I wore mine today. Wore them yesterday too. And I got to say, I talk about the heel flapping down. My buddy yeah. on my Ryder Cup trip came up to me. He goes, hey man, look, we were in the bar after because it started pouring raining. He goes, how comfortable do I look? And he had the flaps down for the 19th hole. Great feature. But I think what most people care about is, do you like the look and are they comfortable? 
Yeah. And so, what would you say? Because well, these are your one. first pair of Ola guys. Yeah, definitely. I mean, hands down, one of the most comfortable shoes I've ever worn. And yeah, I feel that on the course, and I feel that after the round. Well, I, or the point is, I don't feel it after the round. A lot of classic brand shoes are great, but they beat up your feet. You know, yeah. they're so comfortable. They fit perfect for me. I feel so sad. And it just feels light out there, which is so nice. You know, especially, you know, I'm playing uh, next week. I'll have a caddy. So it's going to be great to walk, you know, as opposed to ride. I think they're going to feel great. So, and Serm has the like the blue canvas ones. Yep. I've got, I wore those today. I have the white leather. So, something to keep in mind, something I learned from my buddy at the Ricky Cup, my Ryder Cup trip. He has really narrow feet and he liked the blue canvas ones better. I have really flat, wide feet and I like the white leather or the gray, whatever color leather you want. They've got, think brown gray white yeah. and black those are great too something like you can wear those out in the town yeah too. you could like wear those jeans out or too. so yeah. keep that in mind depending on your foot type but all super comfortable so here's what you got to do tap the link in our show notes of this show or go to our twitter or tiktok because we're still waiting on that instagram to come back tap that link it'll auto apply in your cart and i think it gives you free shipping so tap the olakai link thanks to our friends at olakai most comfortable golf shoes that we've ever worn. So just, keep and if you guys have their guys. sandals, those, I mean, you know, they're all about oh, comfort. So those are, I see those a lot. I see yeah. the sandals a lot out. Yeah. Those are my favorite sandals too. So thanks to Olakai tap that link guys and get yourself free shipping. Okay. So let's recap for a second. There's an awareness difference. There's an attention to detail difference, which by the way, you got on me for at times when we've played, you're like, did you hit the same club you were hitting back there? But what about that wind? And I was like, oh, I didn't even think about yeah. like, it might sound so silly to be like, you didn't factor in the wind. But sometimes I think because of the struggles that I've had, I think when I feel committed about something, I like to just step in and rip it. Mm -hmm. But I think there's a part of me that's trying to step in too quickly so that I don't feel any fear or any potential interference. And so I think that's, that's something to keep in mind for everyone listening is well, sometimes yeah. if you're playing quick to avoid something and get something over with, that's not necessarily a good thing either. Cause then you're rushing through and you're not thinking about what needs to go into your plan to play the right shot. We all right. say a committed shot to the wrong plan is better than not. But if you're not thinking about where to land it, if you're not thinking about what the whole calls for, or what the shot calls for. What does it matter? It doesn't matter if you're committed because you could hit a great shot, but it goes in the water. Yeah. I mean, I think you've got to take in the information. You got to process the information. Then you got to act on the information. Mm -hmm. And to me, yeah, that's a, that, I think that's probably, I, and I'm not going to speak for you, but it's probably a big goal for you this summer. Obviously you're working on some things in your swing, but you've got to, your routine has got to get more sound and how you step in. And what you're looking at. And you called out a lot of these things, what we deal with every day on the course. And it's not like, you know, don't know how to check the wind. It's not like you can't see a downhill lie. Right. Not like you can't see, well, the pins, right. Where do I, you know, the troubles left, but it all begins with, it's like when we were doing the chipping and pitching when you're in Chicago, what's my lie. That's part of it. That's right. You almost, you know, that's how I said, you know, I always approach a chip and pitch. At the end of the day, that's how you have to approach every shot too, because yeah, you can what's be in the, the fairway, lie. Give me what's the shot. Can, give me. It starts with, it starts with what's the lie, right? And then it's the shot. What's the wind that leads to club selection that leads to trajectory. So but you know, what's it, interesting. It, you got to really double down and work on that. You know, what's interesting, sir, is I think the difference is it's not that I don't factor in wind. It's you don't factor in the subtle wind, right? Mm. It's easy to factor in a 20 yeah. mile per hour wind or just a good, yeah. But you're, but what about the five mile per hour wind? Every shot you've got to, throw that grass up, right? Or you got to look at the trees near the green because you might not feel the wind in the but fairway. But the flag's moving. But the flag's moving or some of the trees are moving, right? That's big. And that can, you know, that right. can really change the outcome of a golf shot. So that's what really makes this whole game so hard, but also fun is yeah. you could be hitting the ball great, but if you're not factoring in the elements and what the hole calls for, it doesn't matter. So what I what really fascinated me and really was like an aha moment 
light bulb was just how much the scratch and below or the one and below in this case, how aware they are and how they pick up on the subtleties that the others don't. And it's just so, I have to say it again. It is just so fascinating to me that a plus three is talking about how hard a 75 yard shot is uphill down a little down slope with the wind and how a 10 and a five don't even think about it. Don't even mention it. Now on one hand, you could argue, sir, is it helpful to talk about how something's difficult? Like, is that going against maybe a positive mindset or a productive mindset? But I don't think it is. You got to be honest. I think you have to be honest <laughs> with the scenario, right? This is all right. This is a tougher shot. This, yeah. is one, this is one of the more delicate shots I've had today. Right. Let's Which be maybe smart. calls for maybe, yeah, a, maybe a more conservative approach. Now, go ahead. You got something to say no, before okay, I no, dive into going, the next no, thing going. with Keith. Okay. One thing I will yeah. say, because we're really trying to hit on process and routine. And I think some, it's just hard to do that every time what we saw for sure Keith and Jeff do. And I think it's a decision you have to make. And some people, if you're a 10 handicap or 15 camp, you, you may not want to, you may not want to make that next jump in golf and that's okay too. Everybody plays for yeah. different reasons, but if you do, mm-hmm. and we always talk about handicaps, you want to get, make those jumps. You have to develop a routine and you have to study what the best players, you know, at your club, you know, in your league, or on TV do. I mean, yep. what those guys scratch players are doing are no different than what the guys on tour are doing, right? In terms of like, these are championship process and routines that are difficult and they have to be repeated over and over and it wears on your focus. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it's, it's, it's something else. I just wanted to, I wanted to just kind of talk about that. No, I love that. And remember Phil won a major at 50 years old. And what did he talk about all week? This was the best focus I've had in a very long time. Really struggled with focus. This guy can hit yeah. any shot, right? Yeah. And what did he do when he won a major, the the oldest major winner in history? He talked about focus. Totally. Ev, I heard, I watched this George Genkis clip. Your old guy, you take a few lessons from him. Yeah. I'll be quick on this. He was saying, I talked to my junior players. They're talking about the first hole. Hooked it left, second hole. I saw this. Hole, blocked it right. You see this clip, right? Mm-hmm. And Yank is like, well, what, were we th- what was going on? What was going through your mind? What were we thinking? You go, oh, I was totally committed to what I was doing. I wanted to do this. He's like, no, 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 you weren't. When we hit these really, really bad shots, which we all do, you weren't focusing on the right things. Right. And he's saying you're focusing on mechanics or you're scared of the outcome and it's totally screwed up your process. And it's like, that's a big thing, but it's yeah. understanding that. You know, it's like, oh, I was, you know, I was totally locked in. No, you weren't. You but yeah. like, you've got to understand why you weren't locked in. I don't think people understand that. And a coach helps to figure out those thoughts. Now on that token, I bet you there's some people listening that say, well, of course the one and the plus three can focus on that stuff. They've got the game, well, but yeah. I actually don't believe that. Same F can they hit more shots than you can right now? Sure. But who says you can't <laughs> check the win? Right. But think guess about what? Club selection. Think about where you want to land it, and think about where you should miss it. You can think about all those things. I would. I would correct them by saying, and I would challenge them. Actually, I would challenge them to say, "Well, on that token, then, then this guy, the plus three, could have taken if he can hit every shot. He could have hit in the driver and right. tried to run it up at the front of the green, but he didn't. So it's right. shot he- selection." And you know what, too, Ev? The plus three and the scratch, they don't care about the contest or the money. They know what it... So they're not going to change... What the whole calls for. Because it's an individual effort. This isn't a scramble. Like, we're all right, somebody hits in the fairway. Freed up. Hit the driver. Right. It's like, I, my best my best chance to make a par or birdie is if I hit an iron off the tee. Right. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like... Because they can't bring water into play and that chance goes out literally in the water. Right. Right. Nailed it. Right. They can't, they want to keep themselves in the hole when they get to the fairway. 
Now, this is another fascinating aha moment, light bulb moment for me, was when you and Keith, the plus three, were walking up to the green after he hit his approach shot. He talked about how a lot of people have expectations of what they can do going into the hole, hole by hole, mm-hmm. right? Without even maybe realizing it, i.e., quote, this is a birdie hole. What Keith talked about, which I loved, is sometimes I think we've talked about expectations as a whole and lowering expectations is a huge key to getting out of your own way and starting to play better golf. And we, all of the messages we've gotten validate that, right? But what Keith talked about is within the hole, changing your expectation. Hmm. So if you're playing a hole great. that you think is a birdie hole, which by the way, may not be the best thing to think anyways, but we're human. So that thought will pop in, right? Oh, it's a birdie hole. Because by the way, there's been a ton of par five quote birdie holes for me that I bogeyed or worse because I pressed because I thought this is my chance. Right. It wasn't helpful. But Keith talked about changing your expectations within the hole. So he hit the fairway. He did exactly what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. When he got to the ball in the fairway, it was a decent lie. Down slope. Well, I mean, it was with the wind, up, but it was right, but it was on a down yeah. slope. So yeah, down in slope. the end, not the best lie. In the if you for sure. all elements, sure, yeah, right? it wasn't like in a hole or anything. Right, but yeah, you're right. He now saw the difficulty in that, realized the shot and the hole now calls for hitting it longer than the flag. This is no longer a birdie hole. He changed his approach and his expectations. And said, this is pretty difficult. This yeah. is a really delicate shot. I have to give myself more room here. Right. And it's no longer a birdie hole. This is a two-putt, par, get out of here type hole. Do you see how he totally flipped his plan and his expectation based on what was given to him? Isn't that the definition of one shot at a time? And isn't that the definition of what Tiger would always talk about of this plodding along Whatever, as things, quote, emerge, as things are presented to me, I assess it and I make decisions and commitments based on that. That is playing golf. Now, this is how Scratch and Below play golf. golf. They're playing what's given to them. Whereas I'm as big of a culprit of this as maybe anyone is I could be on hole 15 and realize I've been playing golf swing the whole day and trying to avoid a miss that I've been working on eliminating. I'm not playing golf. Right. The 10 is thinking about skins. Right. And impressing his group. And also the 10 is the only one to mention a swing position. When you asked him, what is key for him? What is he working on? He talked about a position of his elbow. Extending with with his Extending at the top. And you and I looked at each other and I think we smiled a little bit quickly off camera because that was another fascinating thing that again, even though you believe the plus three and the one don't need to work on their swings, they don't think about it. Well, right. I mean, when they're playing, he mentioned a backswing thought, not a fundamental or a little thought, you know what I mean? Right. Very mechanical, right? Yeah. Okay. So what was the story Ev? when we all got to the green? I mean, it really came down to the good players here because if we think about the 10 handicap, he hits in the water off the tee. Let's start with him. He did have a chance for par, Mm -hmm. right? 20, 25 footer. Hits in the water, hits on the back edge of the green. He missed it. But again, it was a narrow chance to win the challenge. The five handicap, he didn't hit the green on the second shot or what ultimately his third shot after he went in the water and dropped. So he was out. He was short. Oh, let's actually talk about this. Oh, yes. This is another good example. He. Let's not say the result, but I love where you're going. His second shot, excuse me, his third shot because he dropped. Ended up a little short of the the green. green. A little short of the green. Yeah, short of the green. So not a a terrible shot. He had probably the place to leave it, honestly. If you're not going to hit the green. Yeah. So he had a, I don't know, 20 foot chip. Kind of uphill. And, um. You challenged him. 
We challenge. We, we challenge. You said if you can get up and down, we'll give you the twenty anyways, even though it would be right. for a bogey. For a bogey, and he goes, I'm "Just gonna try to make it anyways." <laughs> and he and he and wanted he, to make the original bet. Yeah, and he, you know, he chipped it up and it had a chance. It like leapt out, but it went. He chipped it hard, like it you know ended up going twenty feet by. But he tried to dunk it, which looking back, it's like that doesn't make any sense either. Because yeah. the bet was worth the same amount. Yeah. Look, and uh, some guys just play golf. I'm going for it all. Right. It's, it's fat, just a fascinating look into pe- how people think. But right? here's let's let's harp on this for a second because I think this is we haven't really talked about this. I loved what you said. If you're let's say you're a 12 handicap, and you go out and you have a few beers with your friends and you play some music. And you don't really care what you shoot. It's more about having some time with your friends out in nature. And that's how you release steam and and you enjoy it, right? You don't care about getting better. You accept you're going to be a 12 forever and you're okay with that. And that's, by the way, okay. I think a lot of golfers would probably have a better chance of going down if we accepted and embraced more of what we had and where we were at anyways. But on the flip side, it's not a bad thing to want to be better either. But I want to talk to that golfer for a second, because if you are okay staying where you're at and you don't, and this sounds exhausting to you, the amount of detail and the planning and the focus, then you can't get frustrated when you hover around your 12 or you're not shooting the score you want. So you either have to understand what's leading to the scores you're shooting. Are you focused? Are you thinking about what you want to do? Are you aware of your surroundings? Are you in your golf swing? Are you playing what the hole gives you? And if you want to get better, then you have to start doing things differently. You can't do the same thing and expect to suddenly become a five. You can't have it both ways. Right. Is what you're saying. Right. You really got to do the hard stuff. So this whole notion of like, I paid to play. I'm just going to rip driver everywhere and give it my all type thing. Again, totally cool, but you can't get pissed when you hit it in the water when there's water left and you probably didn't need to be hitting that club. Right. Right. You so know, this whole all or nothing thing, you got to really ask yourself, whoever's listening, what do you want? Yeah. Do you do you get the fun out of trying to pull off heroic shots and you're going to be satisfied because you pulled one off? Totally cool. I think we all remember our most heroic shot. But if you're playing for a score and you like walking off the green on the 18th hole, really proud of a score that you grinded out or shooting your lowest score or breaking 80 and lowering your handicap, then this whole like all or nothing mentality might be getting in your way. Yeah. I have one thing I want to make clear there on this. When you're freewheeling it and kind of going for it and you're swinging it well, it can turn out pretty good. You can shoot a good score. Yeah. You know? Well, because there are some benefits, right? Staying offensive, playing aggressive. That's what you want to do. Yeah. I mean, a lot of days there's just, you're off. (laughs) You don't quite have it. And then that really, then those rounds really require this, that level of focus. And I think that's where, you know, players get caught in this predicament of like, you know, well, I'm just going to have really, really bad days. Well, but how's your routine? You know, are you going through those processes and those steps we, we said, or you just kind of mailing it in and just yeah. we'll see you, see you on the next round. So who do you want to be? What kind of golfer do you want to be? And real quick, before we recap, it made me think of our time in Arizona. And one thing I learned about applying sunscreen that I think a lot of people make a mistake of, which was with oh. sprays. I think it's really easy with sprays to not rub it in. And like, make sure it's covering every spot. I think it's easy to like do a quick spray and think it's covering. And then you can get a lot of blocky burns. Right. And I also learned my buddy, Teddy told me that his dad and his grandpa golfed a lot, right? Never put sunscreen on their left hand. Right. Because that's where you wear your glove. He said their left hand both had to get skin cancer surgeries I mean, on their left it, hand. 
Have you ever seen our grandpa? If you looked at your grandpa's hands, yeah, typically, especially people that spend time outside, they all look the same, right? Right, right. Blotchy so spots, overly, overly tan. Yeah. So take this as a kind of a a pro tip and and learning from others who maybe didn't do it the best way. Go to oarsandalps.com, enter the code SPF train. That's going to give you fifteen percent off. They got a million options. They were named best sunscreen by Men's Health twenty twenty one. But definitely make sure to spray the top of your hands behind your arms, kind of by your elbow with the bicep, the back portion where that's you're a spot that can get nailed. That's it, a spot that's going to get burned. <laughs> yeah. Sides of the neck, tops of the ears, but especially the tops of the hands. Because even if you spray your left hand, Teddy was telling me that because you're taking your glove on and off, it's taking it off. So you actually have to reapply on your left hand more than you think, even though you think it's covered most of the time. So keep this up, guys. I'm telling you, as I've gotten older, I've started to notice some sunspots and some things where I'm like, you know, nobody thinks that they're going to get skin cancer. That seems way too far out of reach. But if you care about your parents and not getting burned and having the discomfort that I know you went through of like feeling tired, but also sunburned is a terrible feeling. So. Go to oarsandalps.com, enter the code SPF train, get yourself 15% off. Thanks to Oars and Alps for keeping us safe. All right. Should we recap? Yeah. Like, I, I want to know from you, sir. I'm like, you're, you're a scratch player. Was this just like reaffirming? Cause you know, for you, this is what's so fascinating to me about this is you've been doing this for so long. It's just like second nature to you where yeah. there were some yardage moments when we were playing together where I was like, really? <laughs> like I thought this was a little uphill and he's telling me take 10 yards off. Yeah. Right. So what stood out to you? Did anything, did this just reaffirm and validate things that you already knew, but didn't realize were so starkly different with higher handicaps? Um, yeah, I think from the low handicaps, I saw everything I expected. Now, granted they executed those shots, especially on the T too. Cause you got to do that. You can think all the right things as we've talked right. about. So yeah, reaffirmed that reaffirmed um, just kind of how the, just championship players think and execute. I was most surprised by the the five handicap because when you think about a five and a 10, you think there's, you know, but it all depends on the player. But in that moment, I thought there may, you know, he may have processed that whole a little differently. Yeah, and then I kind of think I got what I expected, you know, maybe out of a, out of a 10 made a couple of good swings. Just didn't have the right plan. <laughs> you know, yeah. he, hit, he hit his driver solid just went in the water and then he did his second shot. Good. You know, on the green, it just, he took himself out of it. Yeah. But I think this is in a great series of, and I think it's going to be, it's going to be a great look in for, for our viewers, for our listeners. And we've got a whole, well, there was a other hole we did too, that we'll get into at a later time. Yeah. We did two different holes. So sure, I don't know. Ev, I, um, it's fun to watch great players in action and then certainly which, but it's revealing too. And then, kind of like you're kind of shaking your head at those other guys. I was just like, what, what are you, what's going on here? You know, but well, what do you think? If you think about it, remember we bet them to make a score. So they're thinking about outcomes. They're on camera. They're in front of their, their buddies. And it's also planned for skins. So I think this is also a great reminder that when things start to speed up because of the situation, that is also the mental game is yeah. that decision-making, it's not just they're a bad decision-maker versus a good decision-maker. Moments can define decision-making if you let it, right? Yeah. So if they speed up, they may not be thinking about everything. They might miss some things. They might go into protection mode. So that's one piece that I think is interesting. The second piece is kind of what you just said, which is not to play defensive, but to offensively not take yourself out of holes. Like if you think of, we're all going to have errant swings. We might lose a ball that we never thought we would. We might three putt when we didn't think that we would. We might chunk a chip that we had no intention of doing. So it's not like people say, just don't make doubles. Well, they happen. They happen. I think the point is with decision-making. Yes. And lines. And club, club, selection. club selection and knowing where you miss it and what are your tendencies when you get nervous, all of those things play into planning 
in a way that keeps you in it. What if right. you played an entire round to keep you in it? That's so that's if you struggle you in the bunkers, that's the name of the game. What if you hit a club that doesn't reach the bunker, no matter how good you hit it? Right. Right. What if you add an extra club into the green to make sure you cover the front bunkers? Right. You know, I mean, these are all in our or control. You, or you think about the front yardage, you know, right. As opposed yeah. to the, the whole location yardage. Right. These are all within our control. And if you like we hit on in this episode, if you want to, if you're that player that wants to get better, take a hard look at what you're doing with your pre-shot routine and really study the best players. And you're going to get to see some of the, you know, the best players, these guys played on the mini tours. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's, you can really learn from this. So I'm really glad we got to, um, got to do, got to do this Ev, and look forward to it again. Yeah. I can't wait for you guys to see this, the video series swing thoughts. I think this is the point of it is to find little nuggets that certain players do that you can either see the mistake in yourself or you can pull the solution and fix those mistakes and just get a little bit more aware of the surroundings, a little bit more attention to detail, a little bit curious on where you're focused and keep yourself in it. And again, it's just so fascinating that areas that someone that you could argue, I mean, you would say a plus three is a lot better than a 10 night and day type of game, right? A yeah. plus three called shots difficult that the 10 didn't even think about. Golf's hard. <laughs> and I think that I find that that tends to be a thread here. It's why the best players in the world play so conservative is because they have a better appreciation for how hard it is. Yeah. Whereas people like me, an eight and above, we're just trying to like not hit the bad shots. And it's like, that's not how you play. No, it's normal right. because those bad shots are painful. Trust me. I know, but they play differently. And I'm really glad we did this episode because I hope that it was as clear for our listener as it was for us on the ground. hundred percent. Great experience. Yeah. Well guys, as always, thank you for hopping aboard. If this episode added value, do us a solid and give us a review on Apple podcasts and Spotify like this video. If you're on YouTube, hop aboard the YouTube channel, Twitter, yeah. TikTok, and we will keep you posted on Instagram guys. It's really been a really challenging, sad experience we're hoping to get our account back very soon it's just as you would imagine there's billions of users and millions of requests and emails and yeah. it's very hard to get a human being so we're doing everything we can we're talking to everybody we know so again as we're waiting to get our instagrams up follow matt at matt serms on instagram follow me at esinger7 that way we can keep a line of communication open if you have stories you want to share, you've got a place to do it. And obviously we're on Twitter and TikTok as well, but I know Instagram was our, our biggest presence. So stay with us. Hopefully we'll get you all back soon, but no matter how you hit it, no matter if you hit it in the water and you got to recover, what do they got to do, sir? Just enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride, guys. Take care. Thanks. Hey guys, this is Evan. Real quick before you hop off the train, I got something for you. It's called the train of thought. It's our new email newsletter. Would you like to get one nugget, insight, or thought that we're pondering every week that could help keep you sharp and help your mental game? Go to thepartrain.com and subscribe to the Train of Thought newsletter today. It's really the best way to enjoy the ride. See you guys.